Well, my friends, welcome to another Blues in the Blood podcast. Well, the gear is in tune, the mics are hot, and the crowd's getting restless. The music is just about ready to start, so get a refill on your favorite drink, grab a seat, and get ready to get some Blues in the Blood. A nothing personal thing, I'm in love with you, needless to say, I hope that you feel it too, hope you don't mind that I care, I might look familiar, you wonder if we'd ever met before, now that I found you, I don't wanna miss you no more. Needless to say, I hope that you feel it too Hope you don't mind that I care I just love playing your shadow Instead of your guide I could forever be around you Next to you, by your side Nothing personal, thank I'm in love with you Needless to say, I hope that you feel Well, hello, and welcome to another Blues in the Blood podcast. This is show number 79. 
Well, my friends, uh, this is Dave Harrison coming at you once again from the Star City of Virginia. I've got another great show for you. Uh, well, we started off the show with uh, Anna Popovich singing Nothing Personal off of her brand new Eclecto Groove CD called Blind for Love. I'm delighted to have with me as a guest on our Blues in the Blood interview podcast, someone who's been on a fast ride into blues history. She's blazing a fast trail in a very short time, demonstrating she's one of today's best guitar slingers. With me is Anna Popovich. Anna, welcome to the Blues in the Blood show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Certainly my pleasure. Hey, we'll be including uh, various tunes from your newest uh, album on Eclecto Groove. And if you would, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, I grew up in Belgrade, Serbia, and I live in Amsterdam, Holland at the moment. And, uh, well, I'm a musician and a guitar player. And I grew up listening to blues. In my early childhood, we listened to a lot of American blues records from Elbow James, Howlin' Wolf, Booker White, Snoopy Pryor, uh, Victoria Spivey, and B.B. Uh, King, and uh, uh, Albert King, and Collins, and Steve Ray Vaughan, and when I was about 12, I picked up the guitar, and I learned uh, Dust My Broom from Elbow James, and I'll play the blues for you. Wow. And uh, that's how I started playing. I understand, I guess, were those your, your dad's blues albums? Is that correct? I think I read a little bit about that. Um, did he play guitar as well? Yeah, both my dad and my granddad played guitars. Okay. My grandfather played. I have a, a, a photo of him looking like Elmer James on a black and white photo uh, playing on a two-neck acoustic guitar. <laughs> it looked like a two-neck Spanish guitar. And he played sort of a Django Reinhardt uh, style of Belgrade City song. Them. And uh, and my dad played guitar for hobby, but um, they, he played uh, blues. Yeah, he played just blues, but just for hobby. And he had the jam sessions happening at home. So uh, okay. those were the light, those were the, the late night uh, jams that I I would stay up and listen to them and uh, and pour them some beer. That's very cool. Now you also uh, got into the into jazz quite a bit too. Yeah, yeah, I yeah I I, I listened. Uh, Ronnie Earl when I was about uh, 16 and that totally blew me away and I wanted to play what he does but then I didn't really want to copy his licks so I thought when it's about jazz I would love to study that at least that I know what's what's happening with the changes and everything so I went studied jazz a little bit but definitely T-Bone Walker and Ronnie Earl are one of my biggest uh, influences Alright, well Anna let's uh, play a song from your brand new release Blind for Love, let's hear uh, Steal Me Away Not leave a trace 
to close the case To this land, just in a fair. I can't read the future, oh, but I can feel the thrill. Feel the thrill. Oh, yeah. There's no such permission to betray, but there's license to steal. I believe you've got six CDs out. Uh, I think you have a DVD. Well, you do have a DVD out because I own it. And it, by the way, it's excellent. Um, and I guess you've, it's been about, what, 12 years since your first release with your first band called Hush? How do you feel like you've grown musically since back then? Um, I think that um, every record is different, and that's where I'm aiming for. And mm-hmm. I like to surprise myself with a new product as well as my uh, my fans. And I never know where next record is going to take me well maybe i know where the next one is going to take me because <laughs> i'm already preparing it and i'm really excited about it but um i think uh, i think guitar playing wise that i that i uh, that i i try to uh, improve my playing all through the years and i try to uh make it look and sound not pop you know i, I try to make it look like it's a part it's part of me and that it's uh, it's something that i really do as enjoyment, and which it is, it is the biggest joy, one of the biggest joys of my life, being on stage and playing. And I think the I learned a lot of the guitar playing at school, but the final touch I definitely got on stage, just mm. playing a lot and just letting go and letting the groove from the band really get to me and really playing as a response, like what you would be doing as you were dancing. You know, you feel the groove and then you start to move and you try to move as close to the groove as possible. That's exactly with my guitar solos. And mm-hmm. I build that um, by myself. So nobody taught you to do that because a lot of schools would just teach you scales and, 
and stuff like that. And just the final touch that you are actually one with the guitar. They don't really learn you that. So mm -hmm. I think maybe that improved, and uh, I think my songwriting improved. I really work on that a lot, and I worked on the or really, really saying the message. You know, you only got a couple of records per decade to uh, put <laughs> out. So if you do that, I think you should really bring out the message, and you should really stand strong behind it. A lot of people are writing songs because the songs uh, have a certain pattern that they need to be written. You know, people have to have a hook line and then whatever is there, they would just sing. And then, mm -hmm. then you would a lot of times pretend as a songwriter in those songs uh, that it's not something that would happen actually to you. You know, it, it's so far from reality in a lot of the songs that it's just, it's, I don't think that's cool. I think it's cool to, to really leave a message and stand behind something. So I think I, in the last two Two uh, records. I really gave myself that freedom to. Uh, well, maybe my language also improved because I'm obviously not writing in my own language, so mm -hmm. it took some time to get there. But finally, I think I, uh, I kind of uh, every record is a thematical, and uh, the previous record was really political, and it got a lot of anger and frustration <laughs> with the regime that I uh, grew up with. And then this record is more about okay, what is the what is the happiness in life exactly. uh, based on, you know, uh, all, all of us are trying to be more famous and more rich and uh, uh, have a better car and better looking uh, house, but uh, I think the, the, uh, the true uh, happiness in life comes from love, you know, and I'm not talking love like John Lennon talks love right. in peace time, I'm more talking like, okay, really take time for people who need that around you and take time to spend time with people that mean something. Absolutely, and I'm glad. I'm so glad you mentioned your songwriting because I really do think it's your. It's really strengthened now. Your, like you mentioned, your previous CD, "Still Making History," was more of a to me was more of a, of a reflective uh, type of songwriting. But uh, what I really like about what you do as well is you include all the lyrics in your in the aligners, and I think you can really see your talent as a songwriter come through. Um, and, and a lot of those, and, and I think, you know, your songs in this new CD really uh, look is looking towards the future. Let me Thank ask you, you, yeah, let me ask you this. Last year, um, Randy Chortkoff sent out a, a Delta Group production email indicating that you, you had your baby. And I remember seeing you in concert in Roanoke here at, at a festival we call the Big Lick Blues Festival. You were there with James Pace. Of course, he's, a, he's yeah. from Roanoke. How in the world did you get back in such incredible shape? <laughs> What's your Thank secret? You. Um, well, um, you know, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't difficult as well. You know, I mean, it's like I think um, if you let yourself, uh, okay, an excuse, give an excuse. Again, I, I just had a baby, which I assume, which I know it's really easy. You know, you, it, it's not an easy period of your life, and then you can always go back and have an excuse. Okay, I just had a baby, so I need at least a year. But the truth is, you don't need a year. You know, it's very easy, actually, in a couple of months. And I just wanted to go on and do what I love to do. And, uh, uh, well, I was back after three weeks on the stage, uh, doing some couple of uh, uh, weekend stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, after five weeks, uh, Luke was with me on the tour, on his first American tour that lasted five weeks. And actually, it went unbelievably smooth. And, you yeah. know, just like other things in my life, I've been hearing through all my pregnancy that it's not possible to go back on the tour after a couple of the months. 
and I just wanted to prove everybody wrong. You know, <laughs> just the challenge is a big uh, motivation in my uh, in my uh, work, and it's also you know giving hope to other people who are in the same situation. Absolutely, you can do everything you want, and that's where my music stands behind, and me as a personality. You know, it's as well as fine as far as my every song is different, and my music kind of switches from song to song. That's how my life is also. When I when I'm back home, I really treasure the the usual life that people live that are not musicians. I think we kind of we kind of miss a lot of things by being on the road. So I like to switch because between these things and just being a mother and a family person. I love to switch there, and it's actually very easy. You need a lot of support from your partner, but um, it's very possible. So all other people, women could uh, go on work what they do, and actually being a mom musician is easy, very easy because you get to see your baby all day long, <laughs> and you just have to do a show in the evening. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I guess, uh, you know, can you give us an idea of what a typical day for you on the tour is as a mother and a musician? Do you get any sleep uh, at all? I, I spend uh, all my time with uh, Luke, and when he sleeps, I write and I study. I uh, do some online uh, studies and uh, uh, I try to improve uh, my guitar playing and singing and writing. Uh, the whole record, Blind to Love, happened in Luke's first year, which is not usually, uh, you wouldn't expect, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, I wasn't expecting that I would have that time, hmm. but actually, um, somehow, maybe got some, uh, some organization in my life, so, uh, first, when he wasn't born, you had all, I had all the day, uh, in front of me, and I could, you know, practice whenever I wanted, so I would delay these kind of things. Now, when hmm. he's there, he sleeps only certain hours during the day, so if I don't catch my time to write a song, I won't catch it. And uh, that's how the whole Blind for Love happened, actually, in his first year. And uh, I wrote the most songs for the record ever. I wrote wow. uh, 11 out of 12. And they all, you know, I really like them a lot. And although I got a lot of songs from the songwriters, I just kind of like these songs and they, I put them on the record. So uh, my hmm. day basically looks like I'm spending a lot of time with him. And then when it's time to gig, he's usually asleep. <laughs> okay. He's uh, around... Uh, nine eight in the evening then i go do a show and the next morning i'm there which a lot of women that are working in the offices cannot do the same it, exactly know? right obviously you need the support from your partner and of course he's there with us and uh you know our families are helping out everyone comes to a different tour to help out with the baby which is wonderful and uh from october on i slow the concert uh, down i okay. don't do more than 10 show uh shows a month and uh, this is just basically weekend. So okay. I am the whole week with him. I'm going to the gym and um, having coffees with my girlfriends. And then uh, <laughs> by the time the weekend is there, I just go on and do a couple of shoots. Okay. All right. Well, let's. Uh, speaking of Luke, let's go ahead and play a song that you wrote for Luke. This is called Part of Me, Lullaby for Luke. From the very first time, I felt your heart beat close to mine. I knew that I'm gonna love you till the end of time and way before I got to see you way before the start I knew I wouldn't ever let nobody keep us apart whether it's dusk or dawn you're not alone I'm here by your side you're like a quiet stone another phone of meaning of life As long as I'm around You'll be safe and sound Cause baby, 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 baby You're a part of me
you're here, so close and near. I feel your tiny hand in mine. How to measure the joy to see one little boy take my very heart away? You're gonna become somebody, love the life with somebody. But for me, you're gonna be everything. Whether it's dusk or dawn, you're not alone. I'm here by your side. You're like a quiet stone, another form of meaning of life. As long as I'm around, you'll be safe and sound. Cause baby, 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 you're a part of me. I was going to ask you about your new CD having 12 tracks on it and that you wrote uh, all of them but one. Uh, what's your songwriting process like? Do you think of a, of a rhythm or a, you know, the, the music and then the songs or the songs then the music? Or how do, you, how do you do that? I usually start with lyrics and I always have. And I think if the lyrics are good written, that they already have some sort of a rhythm oh. in them. So I start with lyrics, and they get, uh, if it's good, if it's all right, they uh, have the rhythm already that I think fits, and then I'm building a, a music around it. And uh, I think interesting thing about it is that, that I never throw out a song. So if a song didn't make it to the record, that doesn't mean that it's never going to make Actually, I, I, I recorded most of my songs, and um, the title track for Still Making History from a previous record lasted 10 years. Oh, wow. And uh, it's just that I just don't like to throw something away. I mean, uh, uh, I kind of bring it out. I try to work on it before a recording. And then if it doesn't work, I come back to it on the next recording. And uh, this one actually got through a couple of recordings, three, four recordings it wasn't good for. And then at the end, I just got another twist on it, and I completely changed the subject. But it was the same name of the song, and, and uh, it became a title track. So, huh. yeah, I give all my songs a fair chance. Okay. All right, great. Now, are you you're in Nebraska now, aren't you? Don't you have a show there tonight? Okay. So you're in Nebraska. You're going to Iowa. Then you go to Minnesota. Then you go to Italy. Then you go to Serbia, Germany, the Netherlands, and the Netherlands. What's the secret to surviving a schedule like that? I mean, do you ever ask yourself, what? Why did you get into this? No, 
this is a wonderful thing. Uh, the secret is our vacations. The secret are vacations, <laughs> and uh, they're always there. Uh, even if you don't see them, they're always there. For example, uh, we had a show in, um, especially now with the, with the baby, obviously. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not really a musician, and I never was somebody who would be 200 days a year on the, on the road, because I just don't like packing for five weeks at a time. I mean, I've done it. And now I have a wonderful excuse uh, <laughs> that I don't do that anymore because my baby needs some rest. So we, uh, I love to visit different countries and we always uh, tend to pick uh, a place what's nice, for example, Italy or France, or we just been to British Columbia and the Washington State and, and it was amazing. And just in between the concerts, we uh, just stay there and uh, enjoy the nature. band goes back and forward. But um, yeah, it's, hmm. uh, it's basically, this is what we get paid for, you know, the, the, the sitting in the planes and sitting in the buses is what we get paid for. The gig is fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> somebody else gets to sit in the, in the office the whole day and we get to sit in, uh, in the plane and that's, buses and that's what we do. And it's not easy, you know, not, or not uh, uh, just like every other work, you have a day that, that is, are really difficult, but uh, because of the gig at the end, you never have a feeling that you, that you, um, do something that you don't like, you know, yeah, you really enjoy what you do. Absolutely. Anna, let's play another song from Blind for Love. Let's hear Putting Out the APB.
blues audiences different from one country to the next? Are they all the same, or or can you feel differences from the crowd? Or no, uh, they are definitely not the same, and uh, actually they really have uh, nice things each. You know about them. Um, I couldn't think of the. the uh, I couldn't really think of the, the country with bad audience, you know, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's very different, like the, uh, the audiences that don't speak English in the first place are missing out on a lot of the message stuff, and uh, a lot of, I think, music, I think lyrics are really important in my music, but then they really concentrate on music in places like Italy and, uh, you know, Switzerland and France, they have no clue <laughs> what you're singing about, but right. it's just really nice and really supportive, and uh, they put out wonderful festivals, you know, those are really big things, and uh, nice stages, and wonderful sounds, so it's wonderful to play, they respond really nice to the music, however, my favorite audience is American audience, because they, uh, this is where I grew up on, listening to American music, and of course, as I said, challenge is my biggest uh, motivation, and just playing after these amazing bands, or before, and getting the same crowd excited about my shows is the biggest challenge, I think, because mm-hmm. I'm just really amazed with the quality of the bands always being here and the way on the watch le- which level they work. And I think getting this crowd to respond the same to me is just amazing. And uh, obviously the crowd really knows musically uh, blues a lot and, uh, and uh, you know, all the aspects and different styles based on blues and rock and funk and they can really respond to all different styles that I'm going through from song to song. And I really hear them listening, you know, they're listening, they're into that and they're responding and it's, uh, it is my favorite audience by far. You know, uh, well, good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, now, do you recall uh, a concert that you did at the Heritage Blues Festival in Wheeling, West Virginia, where you, you did your own? Yeah. yeah. Remember the finale that you had, uh, yeah. where you yeah. went on stage with the Manish Boys and exactly. yeah, John Black and John. Absolutely not. Yeah, you guys were incredible. What an incredible finish! And I, I, I was. Oh, thank you. It was. A, it was a tremendous ending of that of the of that day. I, I really, I really enjoyed it a lot. Playing and of course, Maddie's voice just uh, incredible. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was wonderful to be a part of it also because there are different styles. And uh, John is of course completely into something else, and me too. And then Maddie's boys are really amazing in their roots uh, thing. So it was nice to to melt these uh, different styles. Let's hear one more song from Blind with Love. Let's hear a tune called Wrong Wrong Woman. But it doesn't know how to treat your woman good What you boys do really don't matter Cause it's still no excuse for you You're a ladies man You're a ladies man And I think you're not way better things to do in your free time back home Last night when you were up there making out Your woman was home alone it doesn't take a lot to flirt and cheat Every other crook knows just how to But it does to be faithful And worth all the trust that she has in you You're a ladies' man You're a ladies' You're man You're messing with the wrong, wrong, wrong woman Your hand, you got your 
Listen to or take a look at your iPod or your MP3 player. Uh, what other kind of music would uh, would we hear on it, and what other artists? Um, it just varies. I think from Ronnie Earl, George Benson, to uh, to uh, Sonny Landrat, um, to uh, Albert King. Always, I uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, uh, different guitar players. Um, uh, as I said, influenced by jazz as well. Just really different, you know, Derek Trucks. Um, I I couldn't really tell. I mean, just all the kind of different music and uh, players. I, you know, I understand you were you had been working, I guess, in about a year or so ago, with a U.S.-based uh, platinum producer, Rudamaya, on a on an album that remixed eight of your songs from Still Making History. What what happened to that? Is that out and available, or was that just a there is an uh, album that's out. I think it's uh, for downloads only. Okay. And there's got two songs on it, and that's uh, Between Our Worlds and Sexiest Men Alive. Okay. From uh, Still Making History, which is very good. I like it. I like what he did, and uh, me, I, I'm really into going out and dancing with my friends when I'm home. That's another part of my uh, my life. Um I'm not really expecting from any of my friends to be listening to blues, so it was always <laughs> like that. I never wanted to drag them to my concert or something. I just thought, okay, it's nice to like close that and then go out and just uh, you know enjoy a regular life with other people. So we we do want to go out and we do go to dance, 
especially in Europe, to all these dance events, and it's great to see, to hear my music, uh, <laughs> you know, performed that way as well, uh, and I love it. I uh, think it's very danceable. We play it on our parties at home, and people love it. And, um, yeah, it's another twist to my music, and I said I love to... Uh, uh, I would love to be able to uh, see my music as standards. You know, I would love to say that these these um, songs are inspiring people to take a turn and make it into something else. But uh, you know, to make a dance thing out of it and a hip hop thing is something that I cannot do by myself. <laughs> you know, this is not something that you want to jam on. Right. You need somebody to see. You know, to take it to another level. And and Rudy was really into that music, and it was great to see that my song was just very easily transformed into into dance and hip-hop and sound is really cool. Now, Anna, thanks so much for spending the time with us on this special interview podcast. Uh, your music is excellent. Your performances, I've seen you a number of times, are extremely entertaining and outstanding. Thanks for spending a little bit of your time out of your extremely busy schedule. For more information, go out to thelecleptogroove.com or annapopovic.com. Thanks to uh, Jody Best at Delta Groove and Chip uh, Schutzman at uh, Mile High Productions for setting up the uh, interview. And special thanks always goes out to my, my friend, Randy Chortkoff. Until next time, my friends, this is Dave Harrison reminding you to keep the blues alive and keep the blues in the blood.